Today on Power Tips Unscripted, Victoria and I talk about go no go decisions. A nice segue from last week's episode. And you're going to hear all the amazing things we have to say about it in just a second. Life moves pretty fast. Bueller. Bueller. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hey, we're here virtually again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You know, so chance has it that, you know, we belong, you, you, Mark, of course you know this, we belong to a peer group, right? And we do. We belong to it for about the last 15 years, I guess, meeting with our peers twice a year and sharing brain trust and insights and all that great stuff that go with peer groups. So we last walk, we walk, week. We walk the walk. Yes, exactly. We do, and we have, and we love we it, the, and it's been. We the value of roundtables. That's why yeah, we do it ourselves. That's right. <laughs> so, as you know, so last week we were talking about how to decide if an initiative is something you should go for or not go for. And at the same episode. time, Family Business Institute, who and, and that company did their video blog, and they were talking about go, no-go decisions, like you mentioned in the intro. So the timing of this was pretty phenomenal. I guess there's a lot of decision-making going on out there in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's not just a coincidence that, that both of us decided to talk about something in that realm. So it was a good – it was a good – their their video blogs are short. They're like five to eight minutes in general, um, but packed with good, good juicy uh, information. So should we let our listening audience hear their video blog and then we can carry on from there? Yeah, let's do that. So let's play. Um, let's play. It's Dennis Engelbrecht. Did I say that right? I think so. Dennis Engelbrecht with um, the Family Business Institute, one of our peers. They they um, they run peer groups for for large heavy equipment contractors. Um, so at, at one point in the the thing he talks about a ten million dollar lawsuit. So you might kind of you the listening audience might have a stroke at that moment but but these are 150 200 million dollar companies so uh relative drop in the bucket so um so bear keep that in mind but yeah listen to this um he's got some good insight and then um after the five minute vlog we'll uh we'll we'll add some insight hello everybody dennis engelbrecht with digging deeper Today I want to talk a little bit about go, no-go decisions in terms of the work you take on for your company uh, or decide not to take on for your company. I had a chance last week to, to sit down with um, one of our long-term clients who had the unfortunate uh, experience a couple years back of getting into a job with an owner uh, that he wishes he wouldn't have gotten into business with. And now they're in court and there's probably about a $10 million swing, uh, which isn't life and death, but it really is success or lack of success, uh, kind of bet, bet the company type of deal. And, you know, I asked him, I said, so were there red flags before you went into this situation? And uh, he was 
he remembered it pretty clearly, and I, and I bet he's thought it through many, many, many times. But he said, when I left the first meeting with that owner, I even said to our other folks, why would anybody want to do business with this person? This is, you know, his gut instinct was, don't do this. Okay, obviously, by the end of the story, you know that they did do this. Uh, so what happens there? What happens between, you know, that instinct and that initial kind of go, no-go analysis to you end up doing the project and all of this? Well, you know, there were lots of positives there. And, and a go, no-go decision is definitely circumstantial. You know, sometimes you'll, you have to stretch yourself uh, for strategic reasons. Uh, sometimes, you know, this will be a new type of project that will give us something on the resume that we haven't had before to lead to more work. Sometimes you're short on work and you, you really need the work, need the work not just for the bottom line, but maybe even to keep your people employed, not have to lay people off, uh, you know, keep the work in front of your, your field forces, things like that. And, and those circumstances change from moment to moment. Uh, so, you know, as you may have a list of go, no-go criteria. It may be in your mind. I hope you go through uh, a somewhat regimented process as you do that. Uh, but I, I think what, what you find is the sins are often born on the good times. So follow me for a second as I go through that. So you're in good times. You haven't had a loser for a while or a big loser for a while. Uh, you're doing well. And, and you really start to get confident, maybe overconfident. And, and you think you can do most anything. And so, yeah, we stretched on this last job and we accomplished this. We stretched on that job. We accomplished that. All right, this is another stretch. Uh, yeah, it's a bad owner, but, you know, th this is something we can do. We've done this before. Uh, the size doesn't scare me. The type doesn't scare me, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that that, that I'm going through right there, uh, there's, there's one term for that, and it's rationalization. Uh, we see a reason to do the work, and we rationalize away the reasons we shouldn't do the work. So, uh, you know, what this story brought to mind is really, again, kind of going back to trust your instincts. A lot of times, there, you know, and I'd say almost every time as I dive back into something that went way wrong, there was, there was a sign early, and you, and you saw that sign, the, the people saw that sign, but they rationalized it away. So... What I'm telling you is try to trust your instincts. Don't be afraid to say no. There will always be another opportunity. Uh, it, there, there used to be a saying, I'm sure there still is in construction, uh, that your success in construction is more determined by the jobs you don't do than by the jobs you do. So think about that as you go forward. Uh, make sure you're not overconfident. Watch for those signs uh, that tell you you should walk away. So that was really interesting, don't you think, Mark? It's the gut. Well, first of all, the fact that someone says, you know, man, who would ever work with them and then decide to work with them? <laughs> but you know what? I bet you that 
I bet that everybody that's listening to us right now has had that same sort of thought before they worked with that client from hell. And I don't know any remodeler who can't come up with at least one story of a client from hell. And same deal. They look back and they knew better, but they moved forward anyway. Yeah, you know, because he, he talked about how there's different circumstances. Sometimes you're just trying something new or you want to you want to build up your resume and say, I did that kind of project or you're just desperate because you need to fill the pipeline. So there are certain things that will influence you to not listen to your gut. But that brings me to and you and I were talking about just before we started recording, because it's such an interesting thing. And, you know, I am like Mr. Psychology. Yes. Being the, the marketer and copywriter I am. But but, you know, just what is gut instinct and when should you listen to it? You know, so I found this really interesting article in uh, Psychology Today, and they talk about a book called uh, Sources of Power, where they talk about four kinds of information that help develop your intuition. I mean, intuition is based on something. Right. So what is it based on? So they talked about four different things, four pieces of you, information. When did you find this article? I was just happened to be reading, you know, Mr. Psychology that you are. I, you know, I think it's kind of interesting stuff too. I was reading along, and, and there's Psychology four? Today is one of my go-to magazines, actually. Is that because of me? Because I, I read that all the time. It's actually really? because of a foreign exchange student from Finland who had a subscription, and she'd bring it into the house, and it was really interesting. Oh, cool. She studied to be a psychologist. So, cool. that said, the four pieces of information are relevant cues, right? Uh, second are expectancies. First, so the relevant cues are what are the things that you're seeing that are making you think a certain way? What are the expectations that you have when you see those cues? What are the things you expect to happen when you see them? The example that they gave in the article was spotting a guy on the street dressed in a sort of a logoed shirt having a clipboard. When you see that, you know that that's probably somebody that wants to give you a survey and is going to approach you, right? right. So you look at the visual cues, and your brain starts working right then to tell you what does that mean? What can you expect? Okay, the expectations are they're going to come up and try to talk to you, and it's going to interrupt you, and it's going to be a time waster potentially. The next one are plausible goals. So your brain continues to work, and it talks about, what are the goals that you want to have when you see these cues or what are the goals that you do have? And one of them is avoid this dude, right? I don't want my time being wasted. So that's and finally. That's, so what you're saying, so that's kind of, that's your gut instinct. You're walking down the street and you see a guy with a clipboard and your gut is he's going to, he's going to be pouncing on you for, for donations. Right. And so that's a gut instinct, but it's based on past experiences and your brain is actually saying, I recognize this situation. Right. And that goes into, well, let me finish the fourth one is the typical actions that you that you would want to take when you those. So you have the relevant cues, you have the expectations of what's going to happen. You have the plausible goals that you yourself have, and then you have the typical actions that you would take. So those are the four kinds of information that sort of populate your intuition. And then then it goes into the patterns that this intuition is formed by seeing these cues over and over and forming a pattern in your brain so you're not consciously thinking of all these things. And that's right. what we, it automatically kicks into gear, and that's what we call intuition. See, like Pat, that pattern part is, is what I'm familiar with, and I think that's kind of where we got to it at all. But that's – we've – as a, 
species as an animal for you know just survival back in the days of the jungle you need to recognize patterns and that's that's what allows any animal to survive it's something doesn't look right i know the pattern something's not right right now and it turns out there's a freaking jaguar in the bush right that you just kind of saw quote unquote intuitively but it's interesting how it's broken down even further with these these four components Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, Visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show. Okay, so this is very cool. So basically, this is what intuition is, how we come to have intuition and what our gut is. But this then begs the question, when do you listen to your gut? Well, according to this article, there's a couple of things you need to think about. And part of it is first piece is how much practice have you had? How much experience have you had? How, how long have you had the opportunity to build these patterns up in your brain? Right? Right. So if it's my first time ever walking into a wine cellar, I have no idea what that experience is like. So how can I have any kind of a gut reaction to something I see or hear or smell? Right. You got nothing, right? Right. right. But if nothing. I spend years day in and day out for 20 hours a day inside the wine cellar, if I see a, a thing or I hear a noise, then I'll I'll know something's off because I have information. No, so, experience. Okay, so I know wine is close to your heart, but let's talk about something <laughs> else that's close to your heart for a minute. Poker, right? You play okay, poker. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, you've been I, playing I for a long. Dabble. You've been playing a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do can you pretty quickly identify if you've got a good hand or not? Sitting at the table? I always know when I have a good hand. But at the very beginning, did you? Were you able to do it that fast? I mean, now you can do it fast, right? Right, right. Right. I mean, now I know if I have a hand that, although it looks good, it may be the third or fourth or fifth best hand available um, at the table. And I just know that instantly because of right, – I see what you're Practice, so, practice, right? Just – Right. So you have a, basically a database of information that you've experienced as life experiences based on this situation. And then it turns into gut because now I, using your, your poker analogy, I may know that there's a one better hand out there, but I also know intuitively that the odds that someone has that hand are slim to none and I shouldn't be scared of it. Right. 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 So it's I intuition for you now, but now if I were to start playing poker, and I went, ooh, this is an awesome hand. And I went with my gut. How? What would my chances be of getting it right? Pretty darn slim, I would think. It would be favorable to me as your opponent. <laughs> you got it. Okay. So that's one thing. And the second thing, that the other element of this is, is it a high validity environment? And the way that this article defines high validity, it said, they are ones of sufficient regularity that provide valid cues to the nature of the situation. In other words, 
These environments are predictable in the strict sense of the word, able to be predicted. Now, in a poker world, again, if you're pretty, you know, you, you're very experienced at it, it probably is pretty predictable because it comes down to math in a lot of cases there, right? I suppose I'm trying to think of a what is predictable and unpredictable about, I mean, so the predictability of an environment so let's does, does the article give an example to clarify? I'm just, yes, it talks about um, able to be predicted. And their example is a fire ground commander. So a fire ground commander operates in a high validity environment. Before a burning building collapses, there are likely to be early indicators, sights, sounds, smells, uh, etc. Right. An experienced fire ground commander will be able to pick up on these consistent patterns providing a solid basis for recognizing future building collapses. Yeah, so that so that makes sense. So if your experience says every time I smell that smell, the building falls down. <laughs> yeah. That's a high validity environment. You've you you have high confidence in what's going to happen based on the cues that you're getting. I I understand. Trust and, your gut that instant. Right, right, right. So so my and then one would say that's gut instinct because you're saying yeah, th- that building is about to fall. Right. But but really there are cues, and they may be subconscious, but there are cues that are triggering this gut reaction to the the event that's about to take place. Okay, so that makes sense. So, um, so I guess a low validity environment would be someone that happens to just have a situation where every time they've sold a project – the person's wearing a purple shirt. Yeah. That's coincidental and would lead to a low or a false sense of gut. gut. Right. Right. So so it's like, really, when you're thinking about should you go with your gut or not, you ask yourself two questions. Have I had enough practice? So if you're a brand new business owner, eh, going with your gut might not be too safe. And are you working in a high validity environment? Is it a bit predictable? So one of the things that Dennis talked about in his in the blog was choosing projects, choosing projects. There's a lot of remodelers listening to this, I'm sure, as we mentioned before, who have chosen to go with projects that they knew they shouldn't. Right. They thought it was predictable. They thought they had enough experience, but they didn't. Um, so that's just something to ask yourself before you go with your gut in making a decision. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with my gut and think that we've come to the end of the show. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have one more quote. Uh, see, I'm, just, I, I was just, wrong. I cannot trust my gut yet. Uh, <laughs> I guess you haven't had quite enough experience or I'm yeah. too unpredictable. But here you go. There's a quote I want to end this, this piece with. And it says, um, we're likely to have reliable intuitions in certain domains and unreliable in another. Well, that's comforting as a little aside. But then it says, think of our intuitions as a compass. And the world is a vast land dotted with areas of high magnetic resonance. The compass is invaluable in certain areas and corrupted by the magnetic fields, misleading in others. One of the most important tasks of professionals is to draw a map for ourselves so we know when to trust the compass and when to put it away. So there. So there. Uh, and and there you have it. That was pretty good. It's interesting. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's there's science behind it. What can I say? 
Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yep. So now my gut tells me the show's over. What do you yes. think? Is my gut right this time? Okay, see, so it's, it's a high validity environment. Well, my gut also says that I'm very, very thankful for you, our listeners, for tuning in week in and week out. And my intuition is that you're going to come back next week for our amazing next show. Hopefully I'm right. I know for a fact that I am Mark Harari. And I know for a fact I'm Victoria Downing. And thank you so much for being here. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.